0: Welcome in. The Sunday Smash. It's been a while since I've been here. I look across from me and I see my man, Corey Clark. First time we've ever done the uh, Sunday Smash together, buddy.
1: First time I've ever done it, period. This is my debut smash.
0: Your maiden voyage. Yeah. Uh, Well, you're lucky then. You have such a steady hand with me here. Correct. to guide us through this. Uh this will be 45 minutes of the greatest interaction you've ever seen. Uh mm. so there it is, everybody. Just like that. You're lucky to be here. Uh and and by the way, uh I will I will say that uh I wanted to do two and a half hours tonight. Corey insisted on 45 minutes, so we're just going to do what we can. We'll pack the magic into 45 minutes.
1: I didn't want to go too overboard, obviously, and it's also serving as wake-up war chant. Uh, so we don't want to give, we don't want to have a two and a half hour podcast. That's just not fair to anyone. Nobody's got time. Where are we? Serial. Nobody's got time for that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, so uh, 45 minutes which, seems perfect.
0: Speaking of which, what's the latest? Uh, what's the latest podcast offering from Corey Clark? You and I are both podcast nuts. So, hey, I should do this as a reminder. Hit the like button. You see it there on your screen. Uh, you should be liked and subscribed to Warchant TV yeah. already. If you haven't been, well, let's go. Let's get with the program. Share it with everybody. Make sure it happens. And uh, we appreciate you being here, all cynicism aside. So what is, uh, what is the, what's the latest there, Corey?
1: Uh, you know, actually, speaking of cereal, it's produced by cereal. It's called uh, Trojan Horse. Mm-hmm. And it's about some scandal that happened in Britain, uh, maybe seven or eight years ago. Uh, it's really well done. I think I'm pretty sure it's by the guy that did S Town. Uh, well, S Town, you and I both love. It's a, one of the be- maybe the best one ever. It's incredible. So So, uh, yeah. so yeah, this one's really good. So I've I've been uh, kind of binging that here lately. That's why I got to keep this to 45 minutes. I got to listen to the last few episodes.
0: You've got a lot to get to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Marat says that I look different this evening. Corey, do you agree? Do I look different this evening?
1: Uh yeah, I mean you look better than normal. I think usually you look pretty haggard and run down. Today you look a little vibrant. You look like you got a little juice. What'd you do today? Did you go out and run or something? Did you play some
0: golf? <laughs> I played a little basketball with my son. Okay, nice. I got a good night's sleep last night. You know, I you ate know. a little me- little Mexican food. Mm. I uh, had just one one margarita. Called it a night. Uh, How did you uh?
1: Did you get yeah. sick? Did you get sick after the basketball team? Or you kind of. You you know what this thing is. I mean, what what are you gonna do, right? What what can yeah. you do when you you have four starters out now?
0: Uh, yeah, I know what they are, and and then what they can't be now with those starters out, which is exactly right. And uh, I think the other thing, Corey, is we both believed, even though we were celebrating the six game win streak and all of the magic that happened there with the sweeping of Miami, the win over Duke. We kind of thought it was fool's gold. I mean, I could tell by the tenor in your voice when we would talk about it with Ira on seminal Headlines that neither one of us truly thought this was a, a, an elite team or a team that could sustain that. It was more like we were proud of them, right? Yeah. We were just proud of them for kind of overcoming some of the deficiencies because even, even before they lost all their players and, and, and key starters and key players, Key contributors. I mean, Malik Osborne was already hurt. He was already yeah. playing hurt. He was kind of a, a half of himself. And so you kind of just felt like this, this isn't going to end well. And now I feel like they, they really are in a tough bind where I, I don't, you know, obviously they're not going to make the NCAA tournament, Corey. And at this point, I guess they're in jeopardy of not making the NIT. Yeah,
1: I don't, are you even in jeopardy of that? Like, are people going to be like, oh man. We got it. Hopefully the NIT will still take. I don't know that anybody's going to care one way or the other, especially after the the success they've had here recently. Yeah, fools Gold. I don't know if it was fools gold as much as like, you know, they were loot when they lost, they would lose by 25 points. And they want when they won, they would win by a point or three points. But you know, they did win. And you know, I thought they were a tournament team. I thought they if 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 they stay healthy, I think they're an eight-nine seed. Probably you know, somewhere in there, seven to ten, somewhere in there. They were gonna lose some games, but. Once Osborne went down, and then McLeod looked like a revelation. Then, of course, he hurts his hand, polites out. John Butler sprains his ankle. I mean, it was crazy. In my opinion, they were in that game on uh, even in that game on Saturday. I mean, it took 26 yeah. turnovers to stay in that game.
0: Yeah, I, I I felt bad for them. I thought they played really hard. I thought that you know they're, they're still battling out there. A couple of times, looking out on the floor, it looked to me like Mills was exhausted. Yeah. He, I don't know if you caught that, but he just looked absolutely done, like drained of everything. And I think that's how they're going to look most games if they have a chance to, to be in it late or win it late. It's because somebody is playing over their head, trying to, you know, overcome an awful lot of deficiencies. They've just got a ways to go, and they've been really unlucky, really snake bit. I think it's uh, it's devastating for McLeod because, you know, he was really emerging. Uh, I'm frustrated. Obviously, he had a long way to go defensively, but they just. Yeah, they 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 need some things to go right for them, and it didn't go right for them. And so now you kind of it's weird position for us to be in. By the way, I mean that's the that's the beauty of what Ham and the staff have done. It's like we don't know how to react. They've been good for quite some time. I mean, back to back to back Sweet Sixteens. You don't expect to be sitting here having a conversation this early into the season. And by early, I mean there's still a little, you know, there's a good bit of the season left, and you're kind of like, yeah, they're done. They're done.
1: Yeah, they would have to find some serious magic somehow. I mean, they still got a road game at Duke. I mean, that win that, that would be big. But <laughs> how how in the world is that gonna how? happen? How are you uh, gonna win
0: that? Yeah. And
1: you know, look, man, I, I and I wrote a column about it yesterday. Is like I hate when we and it happens in football too. Like they'll lose a game. There are still good stories on a team, even when they sure. lose. And uh Harrison Preto, Priet Prieto, Prieto. Prieto Um, that's a great story, man. What an awesome story. A kid that's been here six years, a walk on, hasn't played a ton and he gets you 13 and 13 in a conference game. He's your best player for long stretches. That's, uh, I I thought, so I wrote a column about that. Like, look, I know the, the losing streaks frustrating. I know why Wilkes is frustrating. I know other guys are frustrating, but let's celebrate this guy. 26 minutes which is 11 more than he'd ever played in a game. And, and for him to kind of hold his own against a really good front line, I just thought that was cool. And it shows kind of what Florida State basketball still is, that they fight like that, even when they're down to like having to use a couple walk-ons in the middle of a real game.
0: Kevon writes, is this where the one and dones that we have uh, had recently impacts us negatively? We don't have the three- to four-year players to dig deep and some of the junkyard dogs. Well, I mean, even some of those guys are out. I mean, Malik Osborne would have been that guy. He would have been the ultimate leader. He's been here forever, and, you know, you you lose him. And, yeah, no, I, I I you can't keep losing guys to the NBA, um, first-round picks back to back to back. You know, you can't keep having that happen and not think that it's not going to have an impact on you. It's not like they have an endless array of uh, McDonald's All-Americans at the end of the bench to choose from. Uh, it is still Florida State. It's not Duke. So I mean they, they they've done an amazing job, uh, but yeah they, they they need some continuity. There's no question, uh, and 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 I think they're gonna get it. What do you think? By the way, so let's go to that. Let's go since we're already deciding you and I that this thing is done right. this year. Uh, Matthew Cleveland comes back. So, no, I mean, he the answer's he, no,
1: right? I don't know. He he can't make anything other than a dunk right now. He just can't. He can't. He's been awful shooting the ball from the perimeter, and he's and he he was shooting pretty well before this stretch here. He's hit a wall for sure offensively, and I get it. I mean, you watch, you look at that, and you're like, man, there is no way he is ready to go compete on an NBA floor. None. He can't, he, he he just isn't a good enough shooter right now. Those three pointers he was throwing up at the end yesterday were just. It looked like if I would have shot, they have no chance. He but has. You, the,
0: but you also know that's not what they're looking at.
1: Right. So the other point I was going to make is there was one of those plays on a fast break where he takes it uh, when they were making their comeback in the second half. And he 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 is so springy and so fast in the open court. When you see that, you're like, yeah, man, that's why they want him. I mean, it is when you see it in person, how fast and how quick he jumps. And how springy he is, that is a different type of dude, man. It would be who it would be great for Florida State if he came back. It would probably be great for him in the long term if he could develop a shot. He could go from like, I don't know, the 24th pick, the 33rd pick, whatever he would be this year, 29th pick to maybe the 10th pick if he could have a consistent jump shot maybe the fifth pick. Um, well, it's
0: important it's important by the way you said 33rd pick it's important that he go in the first round or sure. he should come back I can't I mean...
1: imagine it's a guarantee that he would go in the first round I just can't imagine there's a lot of really good basketball players but there are so, there also aren't many guys his size that get off the floor like that and have that kind of athleticism I mean it is freaky um and you know people last year told us Scotty Barnes wasn't ready Scotty Barnes needs to come back he's not ready I mean he was the 4th pick in the draft he's going to be an all rookie Cleveland isn't Scotty Barnes by any stretch of the imagination. Scotty Barnes was dominant on defense too. And even if he didn't score a lot of points, he could still impact the game. But Cleveland has had such a rough stretch that I, I just can't imagine his stock is at an all-time high. But then all he needs is a couple 23-point games and maybe he's uh, – I just – yeah, it would be cool if he came back. Because if he came back, Malik Osborne can come back. I think even Polite might be able to come back. I, I don't know how any of this works with COVID now. Uh, they could be stacked next year. I mean, they could be legitimately good, really let's good.
0: A, let's address a couple of things here. Eric Angel, thank you so much, as always, for your contributions, brother. We appreciate you. And, hey, also, uh,
1: Eric, we, we won't be doing a Sunday smash next week. I can't imagine because it's the Super Bowl. Right. So good luck to you, buddy. I am rooting for the Bengals, uh, or Bengals, however we're supposed to pronounce it. I don't know if, Jeff, if you are. I hope you I'm are. I'm rooting
0: for the Bengals, of course I am.
1: Yeah, I'm rooting for Cincinnati fans, L- long-suffering. Uh, so I'm rooting for you, buddy. I hope they win the game.
0: Well, and also I'd said it when he was in college and i said it during the draft and I continued to say it throughout the course of the last two years. Well, he got hurt last year, but I'm a huge Joe Burrow guy. That is him. Uh, I, I mean, you, you could just sense it, you know, you could you, obviously he played at a unbelievable level at LSU in that final year, but he's a guy that people gravitate towards and he's funny. And I think he does a lot of it tongue in cheek. I think he gets it. Um, and he's also a hell of a football player. So I enjoy it. Uh, so I'm rooting for them too. So, uh, Salute to Eric and the other bingo fans. Um, and then, yeah, uh, a couple of people noted about Scotty Barnes. It's so funny in college basketball. And here's why the way you were describing Matthew Cleveland matters. It's like, you can watch a guy in college basketball and he does not have, let's say, you know, fans get told that he's on his way to your school. He's a one and done guy. Wait till you see this guy. And then he averages eh, seven, eight points a game. He has nights where you're not real sure he's on the floor offensively. You know, you can see physically he looks like a freak of nature for his age, but you're kind of like, I don't know, man, he could use some more seasoning. But that's not what the NBA is looking at. The NBA is looking at a body type that you can't teach that's freakish for 18 years old in the case of Scottie Barnes, right? You look at a guy with that wingspan, uh, the thickness, what he's going to grow into, All of this stuff, all of the the, the fringe attributes that he's going to develop when he dedicates his life to basketball on a daily basis and doesn't have to go to college, you know, and can play in an NBA system. And they say, okay, well, you know, Kawhi Leonard, nobody knew Kawhi Leonard could play, right? He was a guy that they took a chance on in San Antonio, and they mainly did it because he was defensive-minded and he was really strong. He didn't have much of an offensive game. He had huge hands, big wingspan, pretty athletic, but not much of an offensive game. And then now we see Kawhi Leonard, well, when he plays, which has been about a year and a half, but when you see Kawhi Leonard, you're like, oh, well, shit. Maybe that's what they saw. And that's what they're looking at with a lot of guys who don't come in and have a massive impact right off the bat, even though they're one-and-done guys. And that's my fear for Matthew Cleveland, or for us, anyhow, losing Matthew Cleveland, is you're right, he's not Scotty Barnes. But he is still really young with the rest of the you know next three to four years to develop. With a body type like that, springy is all get out. Athletic as all hell. And you know he's going to develop the other aspects. So I, I worry that they'll just see him physically and go, all right, we'll develop the shot. We'll figure everything else out. Yeah, and
1: it, yeah, for sure. And they're, they're also, there's such different games, right? The NBA and college basketball, they're the same sport, but barely. Um, you know, Scotty Barnes, I mean, literally, Scotty Barnes would score six points in a game. Uh, take five shots. Like, Just the way these colleges defend and the way the game is officiated, um, it's a whole lot. Well, number one, they don't have charges in the NBA. You have to kick a dude in the chest full speed, donkey kick him to get a charge called in the NBA. In college basketball, buddy, if you shoulder him a little bit as you jump by him and they fly backwards, we're going the other way because – Jeff, I don't know I'm, if you've ever read the game. Before. I'm with you
0: on this. I'm with you on this, Corey. And by the way, I know it's it's been a dedication for years. And I and I'm with you. You should say it louder. You need to write a column like you did on the holding calls. You need to you need to you need to get this done because it's nonsense. It makes it hard for me because I love college basketball, Corey. But you and I both watch the NBA, and. When you watch the NBA and you watch a guy go down the floor, if somebody's moving, man, that's on them every yep. time. We know the deal. And most of those guys, they know the deal too. They get the hell out of the way. They're
1: not even uh, taking a charge. What, are you going to no. stand in front of Giannis? He's going to no. posterize you and put his, put yeah. his groin in your face. Yeah, that's it, a and they're going to call you for a charge. Are right. they going to call you for a block.
0: Block, yeah. So, I mean, it drives me nuts. And, by the way, officials in college basketball not only like to call charge, a charge, which is most of the time erroneous. They also like to be theatrical about it.
1: Oh, they love it, man. Dude, they they get
0: off on calling charges. It's crazy.
1: It must be. That's what I was going to say. It must be the best feeling in the world. It must be better than, think about the best night any of y'all have ever had in your lives doing whatever, a meal, a date, whatever it was. At the end of the night, whatever that feeling was, calling a charge must be twice that. It must just... It, it like a lightning bolt through your body. It must feel so good because I don't understand it otherwise. And there was a play in that game yesterday where uh you know there was an awful charge. One of the charge calls I thought was pretty much legit on Cleveland. The other one was awful. Of course they called it a charge. And then late in the in the second half they have a three on one break and Iris next to me and it's Cleveland and Raquan Evans on the break. It's two on one. There's one dude back and Iris like do not pass that ball. He's yelling, don't pass that ball. Don't give it up. Cleveland gives it up, Evans misses the layup, they go the other way. I'm like, buddy, he had to give it up because they the ref was already getting ready to call the charge before yeah. even I mean they just let, he and he's been called with so many dumb charges, so bad charges that yeah, so he he knows going to the NBA that stuff's gone. they get out of the way. they don't call that nonsense.
0: Yeah, I know it's frustrating. Uh, Let's go back up over here to a couple of questions. I mean, when we're on here, we should answer some questions. So somebody brought up that I was, or somebody thinks I was uh, on Friday. I guess somebody on the message board said this. I don't know uh, that I was especially negative when I was talking about the ceiling for FSU and where football's at.
1: Oh, let's Um, go, man. Let's go. What what do we think the ceiling is? What'd you say? You better not say five wins.
0: No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Yeah, I know you got nervous, didn't you? Uh, here is Tom's question. Hey guys, Jeff, I was reading on War Chant this morning that you were really down on the football program for next year. Uh, in only, L. I y- think he,
1: I think he left the O off. Only,
0: only caught the first twenty minutes or so of the show. What gives, buddy? No, no, no. So this is what happens on any show, not just mine. But you have a long-form conversation. We actually spent like three segments on this, and it was a big-picture conversation on what is it. That is reasonable for Florida State fans to expect moving forward. Is the standard what it used to be? Or have we now, if we're pragmatic, altered what we believe is possible, given that what Florida State can do in the NIL and what Georgia, Alabama, anybody else with those kinds of deep pockets have decided to do is very different. So you're Texas never A&M maybe. Yeah,
1: Texas A&M might be a candidate.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Corey, you know and I know they're not doling out money at Texas A&M. Just listen to Jimbo. He's telling you. I mean, when you get
1: a chance to live in College Station, you're not passing that shit up. You you can't. (laughs) Stephanie went to College Station. She loved it. I mean, you are not going to pass that up. You would pay. Most people do. You would pay, you know, $500,000 to go to Texas A&M. Be all those weirdos.
0: So what I said was that the new normal might very well be and we compared it to a bullshit program like oklahoma state and i said look at oklahoma state if you go 9 and 3 that's a really good season and and in fact if you keep going 9 and 3 or 8 and 4 and god forbid a sprinkle in a 10 and 2 here and there you're you're set for life gundy ain't going anywhere so i said sadly that might be our new reality unless things change because if we're being honest we don't have the kind of money to get, hell, we couldn't even get Marvin Jones Jr. So if somebody like Alabama or Georgia wants him, you're not getting him, not if it's about money. So does that cause you to adjust as you go into these seasons? And so I was asking the broader question because I went to school here in the 90s. You went to games here in the 80s and 90s, like I did. You know as well as I do that in our minds, the standard is. Ten wins, compete for an ACC title, sprinkle in a championship appearance or a, a college football playoff appearance. These days, I mean, you got to do it, right? You got that's where we aspire to be. And I was saying, I was asking the question: Is that realistic? And and so I think that probably rubbed people the wrong way. I think it bothered people.
1: Yeah, we'll get to his question in a second. I, I was going to say though, like you know, in the coming years, being Oklahoma State isn't bad because Oklahoma State, if they go ten and two or eleven and one, will be in the playoff. Uh, Now, do they have this requisite skill to win a playoff game or win the playoff, win the college football championship? Maybe not. I think Florida state will be a tick above that, but you know, right now, it's just hard to even know what the landscape is going to be in 2027. It just is how many teams are going to be in the playoffs. What is the NIL? Um, What is the transfer portal? All that stuff that's not regulated at all are known right now should be known. Heavens to Betsy in five years, we should have an idea what, what college football will look like because right now it's into the it's into a a void just an unknown void it's into a vast wonderland wilderness we have no idea where we're going um, where this thing is going to go so with that in mind I don't you know I long term I think it's you know you you get yourself in the playoff and you might have a magical moment you can have a chance I just think so I would have said the same thing about the Braves man Honestly, and I know college football is completely different. Completely but the Braves, different. Spin, the Braves spend half the money that the Dodgers do.
0: Well, so does everybody else. But I would say that the thing is now we've seen a steady pattern here, Corey, that yes. Alabama is going to be in the playoff. And, and these days, anybody similar to that, I mean, Georgia's set that's up pretty really, nicely. You know, That's why
1: getting to 12 teams is big. That gives more people hope, and it, it drums up more excitement for your team and it drives up recruiting because you're like, look, we're a playoff team. Yeah, Did so I think,
0: no, I think but we're in the playoff. Yeah, the thing that matters here is the changing landscape and the unknowns. For now, if things were to stay as they are, with the distinct advantage that the SEC has financially, and the and the gap that's growing on an annual basis for them and the Big Ten, the ACC finds themselves. Absolutely gutted in that scenario. If this were to just stay in perpetuity, the ACC's teams, and that includes Clemson and others, to they would be done. They would be done. So you need a shift, and you need something. You need a lifeline. You need something to help you in the next three to four years. Whether that be a regulatory sort of commission, somebody coming in and saying, "Here, you can't do this, but you can do this," and we're going to even the playing field. We're going to make it so that one school doesn't have seventy-five analysts and another has two. Like you, you have to go through a lot of things here that are going to have to shift in favor of Florida state and programs like Florida state who still have advantages because of regionality have advantages because of the cachet that they've been able to build up over the last 45 years or so. But right now we're at a singular distinct disadvantage in the financial game yeah. that has to get evened to some extent. If that playing field isn't, then yeah, your best hope is to make a playoff, Corey. It's not to win a national championship. But I, and I do that's think tough to stomach.
1: Yeah, you you can make a playoff. We'll see how it works. But maybe you make a playoff and you get lucky. I mean, look at the NBA last year. Every team had a huge a star that was hurt, two stars that were hurt. Maybe you just get lucky. You won't be the favorite, but maybe you strike lightning in a bottle and you can win. You can rip off three straight wins. You have a you have a great quarterback, um, and, and you can get lucky. But getting in the playoff, just being a playoff contender. is is so much better than what what's going on now right now there's there's seven teams that start a year with a real chance to get a playoff hey matthew can you put that question back um with the donation i
0: I want to make sure we acknowledge everybody the first one here is from rot who asks gents i'm jealous of baylor football when i see that their new coach gave them a conference championship and a bowl game win in his second year compared to dave aranda mike and his team have failed do you agree So I wanted Uh, to address this
1: with, with, with you, Jeff, not, not that, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that anything it's been a failure yet, but I think you can, you can have two minds on this. You can state the, the, uh, struggles that Florida state has right now from a financial standpoint and where they are in the, in the, the, the grand prism of college football. And also understand that there are guys and coaches that are doing more with less and, that doesn't mean that Norvell just gets a pass to win five games every year. And I don't think you think he gets a pass to win five games every year. Like, if you know. can win a conference championship at Baylor, you can be better than five and seven at Florida State, you know? And and so there are there are two competing thoughts there. Florida State is uh, has some serious obstacles, but that does not mean they're relegated to always be five and seven or seven and five. They can, if coached well and developed and in the ACC, for crying out loud, can be a nine or 10 win team yearly, every other yearly, you know, I don't think that's asking too much.
0: I would say this. Uh, there's a couple of different things here. You had a coach take over a program that had gone through two coaches in three years. That That's different than what happened at Baylor. So yeah, sure. the, the end of Jimbo's to the end of the toxic time there at the end with Jimbo, where he had stopped recruiting and the talent level had fallen off a cliff. Willie takes over, doesn't it? Doesn't work. Doesn't connect. Is unable to recruit. And then you bring in another coach, and then so we now know that any of these first year coaches in the in the era of the early signing period, that first class is always a bust, virtually always. And it's not just for him. And yeah, the guy you,
1: Baylor took over from Matt Rule, who would develop. Right. Now Matt Rule did an incredible job. That's Uh, my
0: point. Matt Rule had brought a ton of talent to Baylor. Yeah. Took his his job to the NFL. Baylor segued nicely because of Matt Rule to Dave Aranda. Whereas here, you had nothing but chaos and toxicity in the locker room and a talent depreciation. In addition to that, add the COVID year. So now all of a sudden, you got a guy who got a double kick to the balls. And I think that that's what's tough to accept for all of us. I think to your point, Corey – It is a fun conversation because I can point out that it's not apples to apples when we do these examples with other coaches that have had success like at Michigan State or wherever else you want to go. But I can also agree with you that you can't be average to subpar in perpetuity. I mean, this is a very important year for Mike Norvell and his staff. If I'm being critical of Mike Norvell, it's not the on-field product right now. And I actually think he's a good coach. Just as coaching day-to-day goes, I think he's a very good coach. But I think he's had some missteps with the staff. And I'm talking about the off the field staff specifically. And I think that those things could end up coming back to haunt him. But if he has a really good season this year, and we'll see, I mean, I think eight and four would be a, a really good season. If he goes eight and four and continues to kill it in the transfer portal and clean some things up off the field with his staff and make some hires they got a chance to turn it around and he can get some momentum and he could be here for a long time and they could maybe reach those heights that we want them to those heights that we want them to. But I, I think this is a, this is a, a a very important time because if he goes anything other than eight and four, Corey, if he goes seven and five or six and six, you have zero momentum in recruiting. Who are you bringing in at that point that are the creme de la creme of the recruits that are going to bring you to that next level? He won't have them. He won't have them. No. and he won't have access to him either.
1: Exactly right. And again, at some point, what hap- the, the scoreboard is going to matter. We all understand what he was up against. Uh, but if he goes six and six, seven and five, and going into year four, he's a five hundred coach or whatever he'd be and less than that at that point. Man, it, it'll be a hot seat. It'll be, and we like him. I, I think he is a good coach. I think uh, he has turned the culture around and 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 um and brought some stability and accountability to that program that wasn't there. With Willie and wasn't there at the tail end of Jimbo, but man, you got to start winning too, uh, because Florida State fans, yeah, it's a different breed. You know, you, when you're the when you're the winningest program in the country for four decades, yeah, you don't just. It's hard to just sit back and be pragmatic, we, especially when you keep losing to. I almost, I guess I can cuss, but I caught myself there when you keep losing to Louisville and Wake Forest. If that keeps happening, it's hard to sell Florida State fans, be patient, be patient. One day you might be as good as Wake Forest. That's not something anybody wants to hear. That's not how we want to live our lives. That's not why we got into this, Jeff.
0: We didn't no. get into this, Jeff, no. To, no. To, to chase Wake Forest. Are you kidding me? So Well, hey, so I get pissed about it when we start talking, and the reality— John,
1: John the answer to that is one more win. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Jeff.
0: No, so what I would say is— uh, The, the reality— When we start talking about, and we've had this conversation, damn, Joel, get to you in a moment. My goodness gracious. Thank you. You get to him right now. I will, but I'm making a point. Okay. No matter how much money Joel (laughs) gives us, my point is. Yeah, your point (laughs) trumps everything. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. So what I would say is when we sit around talking about whether or not Florida State has a chance to beat Louisville on the road on a Friday night, whether or not they could bounce back from last year's shellacking against Wake Forest, and make enough progress in the offseason, transfer portal, recruiting, quarterback, whatever, to actually beat Wake Forest this year. I want to throw shit across the room when we do this, (laughs) when we have this conversation. It's unbelievable to me. Now, I'm spoiled just like you are, and I was really spoiled here. I mean, mean, Corey, I'm in the student section in 91, 92, 93. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for me to sit here, (laughs) sit here and watch this. But then I'm also a realist and I want to have real conversations and not pie in the sky nonsense. Right. And I don't want to set people up to think that we're going to be this. And then we turn around and we're average because I know the person, like I was mortified when I went out there for the spring practices last year. And then we went into fall and I'm like, man, there's just not enough talent here. Right. We were all having this debate. I, you know, they're going to be better. They're going to be better but i don't think they're appreciably better to the point they're going to win 9 games i doubt that right but i think what we
1: there's there's two conversations it's how long till they how long if and even if can they get back to national prominence and be a top 5ish team year in and year out that's going to be in the current landscape it's going to be very hard it's hard for most teams not other than like 5 it's hard you know maybe usc now with lincoln riley but it's you know ohio state georgia alabama maybe one other team from the sec there aren't many everybody else is kind of fluctuating in that six to eight win uh cycle um and occasionally we'll have a really good year but it's i think you the first step is man just be the second best team in your conference that's not asking a ton you are not in the sec that's fair so just be the second best team in your conference and let's go from there let's let's rally back when that happens and be like okay now let's take another step because that's to me, that's not asking too much. That's not asking too much to, within four years, be, uh, well, a bowl team, but be the second or third best team in your conference and compete, at least be in the running for an Atlanta division title. Have a game in October, November that matters. And it's been so long since we had that.
0: Joel writes, Mike Norvell was thrown into a nearly impossible situation and is bringing us out. All the haters will be kissing his feet in a couple of years. Joel, we all hope you are right. I concur on some level. I do think Mike was thrown into a very difficult situation. That said, to Corey's point, he's paid handsomely, and uh, it's, it's, he's not a volunteer. So yeah. there's a lot of work to get done here, and it it's got to get started to get done. Uh, we, and I think it is. I think it is. Maybe not as fast as we all want. It's tough, man. But I, I do. I think they've made a lot of progress. I know they've made a lot of progress with what the expectations are day to day within the program for the for the student athlete, like what what is expected of them. Uh, That seems to be uniform. Coaches Mm. all get it. Players get it. You live to that standard or you don't. That wasn't always the case previous to him. Um, The end of Jimbo's time, it wasn't. I don't think really Willie was able to really get a hold of that either. So I think think he's done a good job there, uh, which gives you a chance to win more games. So now we got to get with the getting.
1: Yeah, and going back to, I think it was Damon's question that that Matthew had just popped up there um, about the precedent for great teams to fall off the map. Well, clearly, yeah. You know, Tennessee, Nebraska, USC, Miami, why is FSU different? Well, well, uh, right now, it's not different. Uh, It's in the same boat. I would say, though... Well, they're in Florida. They're not in Nebraska or Tennessee. Nebraska is impossible to recruit. Tennessee, it's just, you know, Tennessee gets most of its... When they were good, not a lot of those players were coming from Tennessee. It is not a recruiting hotbed. Um, Miami facilities are a joke and have been for years. And that's, that's a big factor now that it wasn't maybe 20, 25 years ago. Um, FSU has, that's just it. FSU has some advantages. Um, mainly the, the fertile recruiting ground, um, Mm -hmm. passionate fan base, great stadium, uh, all all that stuff, war chant. I mean, think, uh, just think of if you were a 17 or 18 year old kid, Jeff, and you were, you were a high school recruit. That's right. Uh, And you were thinking about where you were going to go. And so you're doing research on, you know, FSU, Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. uh, Ohio State. And then, you know, there, you know, there's a war chant. There's a Sunday smash. Look at all these people engaged and invested in this program. I don't know how you say no to Florida State when you have this kind of media, uh, media, it's a monolith really is what we are. We are a juggernaut. If you have this kind of media juggernaut following your team.
0: Yeah, it's a, um, Imagine I'm me at that age, but there's this other me who works for Warchant.com and the kind of insight and brilliance he spews on a daily basis and is paired up with a genius like Corey Clark.
1: Man, are you kidding?
0: And, And I get to listen to him and read him and listen to him together on a Sunday smash or Seminole headlines. He's joined by Ira and Tom and Aslan and Austin and Michael and Gene. And the next thing you know, I think, what the what the hell am I doing? i are we going go to go to Ohio State? Ohio State? What, do
1: wanna, what do you want to What do you want, Bucknuts, to be asking you questions? I don't know, man. You want? Ward's you got to give.
0: You got to give credit where credits due. Bucknuts is an incredible. It's a great name. name. It's, it's an unbelievable name. It is unbelievable. It is. Oh so- uh, yeah,
1: Corey Clark with Bucknuts. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah. now that's a crazy right, thing just to go. want to
0: say it over and over again. Uh, James B., I don't have a cap. My bald, shiny head salutes you. Uh, well, Joel broke the seal. I hate uh, making predictions, but I'm going with eight. Just imagine how this staff will recruit with eight wins. Good to see you, Corey. Jeff, once again, fantastic hoodie.
1: That is a great hoodie. James B., you're the man. He is a pillar. He is a pillar of War Chant. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very uh, generous and always has been. Hopefully, you know we'll see him. Is,
0: you know who else is? Is DeLuna. DeLuna Coffee. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Luna, the uh British the Limox, the is Co- the Limoxen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have uh lots of bags of Deluna coffee. You and I were in Pensacola together and we we spoke to the alumni club, the booster club there, and uh they certainly enjoyed that. And then in addition, Corey, on our way out, uh I took every bag of Deluna coffee. You did, we noticed it. I, I did not take I did not allow anybody else no. um yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't allow anybody else to have any coffee because they can't possibly love it as much as I do.
1: You were like a pirate in the, in the, I know you Let's grew up, up in Tampa way with, with Gasparilla. So that's kind of how you live your life, that's but you I were live like live a pirate and you again. just, you took everything. Uh, so yeah, James B. Thank you. Uh, the Lamoxin are great people. They're, they're, they're Knolls too. So get your DeLuna coffee because they are Knolls, uh, and it helps them. You want to help Knowles. It's a, it's a great. Great coffee company with a great product, Jeff, with a great product.
0: Mark, uh, Mark, thank you so much. You didn't ask a question. You just donated money. And I kind of like people like Mark. I feel like we should have a lot of people just donating money and not asking us to do anything.
1: Well, Mark, if you want to ask a question, though, by all means, buddy, you you earned you it. A, you it's it. a
0: joke. It's a joke. But, I, I yeah, it would be great.
1: But, yeah, James just B., I man. hope I see. Well, I hope we see all y'all. We're going to have to do something for the spring game. I think we'll talk that over tomorrow at our meeting. I assume we'll have a get together before the spring game. We'll also have a get together for sure in New Orleans. We just got to figure out the day and where, but there will be a word. Maybe they'll affiliated with the Boosters, but we're going to do something. We're going to have a get together in New Orleans for sure as well. So be look oh, yeah. be on the lookout for that.
0: Last time you were in New Orleans, Corey,
1: I went with uh I went with Stephanie after the game in Shreveport. So it was a it was a fun. You had to get
0: some relief from the
1: Shreve. Oh my gosh! I got out of there as soon as <laughs> I, as soon as the clock hit triple zero. <laughs> I'm like, let's get in the car.
0: I could picture, picture you picking up a bag, Ira. You got this. Yeah, yeah. Let me know what. Let yeah, me yeah. know what
1: Camaker said. Yeah, I'm leaving. Yeah, uh, so yeah. yeah, I got out of. Uh, it's not as close as you would think. And in fact, that drive from Shreveport to New Orleans is basically just a couple episodes of True Detective. There
0: That's all it is.
1: It is just Louisiana backwoods. Not even woods. I don't even know what you'd call it. Just swamps. like swamps. There's just like swampland and in just miles of nothing. It was a.
0: Uh, it was yeah. pretty spooky, yeah. ride. You're praying not to break down, right? Yes. Um, yeah. You're like, please don't let me break down. I want to have this conversation with this guy. I don't know who that guy. <laughs> who gonna knows gonna be, who's but rolling I, up? Yeah. Who I, even I, knows what's rolling up? Picture here. Who's going to be there? Uh, yes, I am excited for some uh, Seminole baseball. JB nine five no. Uh, I'm really pumped up about Florida State baseball. And I think Corey will be, too, if we if we see evidence, not just that they have dominant pitching, because, by the way, that's the reason that you should be excited. They've got a lot of guys that miss bats and throw 95. Yeah. But, but the real reason we should be excited is because, allegedly, and I hope to see it, and I know you will, too, they've overhauled this offensive lineup, and we're going to see the ball put in play. And wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be refreshing not to sit and watch a baseball game that between our pitching staff and the opposing pitching staff uh you know has 18, 19 strikeouts in a game? I could I could I could do without all that. I think the
1: average last year honestly was 24 or 25 strikeouts per game. Uh, but during a Florida State game because obviously I think they they were top 5 in the nation as a pitching staff in strikeouts mm-hmm. and strikeouts and Good grief. I assume they led the world in strikeouts as an offense. So it was – I mean, you're talking about like four full innings of no contact if you oh, add up the it strikeouts. Is. It's just – it was it's, it's really hard to watch. But, yeah, they're supposed to be a better contact team, should be a better fielding team, and they're going to have arms for days. If they stay healthy, man, it should be, should be a fun season. And Yo, to go back be, to uh, – real quick, I think it was Kavon. Mm-hmm. I can't, it looks like kavan It might be Kavan. I say Kavon. I say It could be Kavon. Yeah. He asked me what it would take for me to rip a bong um, what kind of wins the Florida State. And I don't know that I would do that on air. I just don't know that I'm, I'm not I'm not really big into that. I've never really been a big weed guy. Uh, and I think I would look like a complete idiot ripping a bong.
0: Well, let me what? ask you this. Let me ask you this. Um, it's Kayvon, I was right. Um, and he just corrected us. So there okay. you go. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so here's what I would tell you. Uh, you don't have to rip a bong. It's the modern world, sir. We have pins. We have, we have edibles. We have yeah. lots of things that you can, Engage in and enjoy without having to rip a big ass bong on here. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I can help you out.
1: Well, I do it for the likes, though, Jeff. I do it. I mean, I didn't have to pour champagne on my face either. I do it for the fan. I do it for the the viewers.
0: Yeah. Well, then go ahead, and hit a bong. <laughs> I mean, what am <laughs> I doing here? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, you know what? Get you an old school, classic glass bong, a mm-hmm. big one. Okay. Big yeah. One. Okay. Get all, all, get all. Get all. Get all up in it. If any of
1: you guys have one and want to bring it to one of our get-togethers, I'm going to guess some
0: of the people on here indeed probably have one. Yeah, yeah, probably have one. Yeah, no, but I would I would celebrate with you. uh, What would it take was the question. It's more about what kind of accomplishment it would take for you to even think about it, entertain the idea of doing something like that. So, what would that be? I would say if they got to
1: nine wins. You're
0: talking about Florida State football, yeah.
1: Yes, I, I would have to. Or maybe if the – well, if the baseball team wins a World Series, I'll do one on the mound in Omaha. I don't care. I'll, I'll do run one out with you with
0: one. on the mound as they arrest us, although it's yeah, legal I, these days. I don't know what Nebraska's rules are, but yeah.
1: I feel like we'd get it. That'd be a – I mean, it'd be a slap on the wrist. Maybe they take us to jail and it's a $500 bond. We'd be fine. Oh, and somebody
0: would bail us out probably. In a like Jr.
1: In a heartbeat. Uh, but yeah, I would say nine wins would be worthy of that. Look, I have to run it by the uh, – I have to run it by Gene. I don't know if that's the image he wants um, on for his show and for his site. But, you know, if not, I can do it off screen and then come back and you guys can see the results. We just
0: see all this. Yeah, because yeah, we don't want to
1: promote that necessarily. I know it's not illegal anymore, but, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's not something we should promote uh, for, for the kids, for the kids. Yeah, uh, but but hey, man, I get it. If you're a Florida State fan, the last four or five years, you've probably ripped a lot of bongs if it's been available to you, because it <laughs> it is it has not been a lot of fun to watch here. And hopefully, hopefully, it's getting back to where it's supposed to be.
0: Hey, so I have a rule. Uh, well, it's a little bit different. I know we're wrapping up the show here in the next five minutes or so, but I would I would tell you this, Corey. I've got a rule about um, when it's okay to partake in whatever it is that you like to get down with. You know, it's just like we're not just specifically talking about that kind of fun. Maybe you just want to. Papa, I'm drinking Lafroy tonight. This is the uh Cardeus uh version. Mm. Uh this is uh, mm. I would love for you to have this. It's delicious. Oh, looks great.
1: Looks great. I got a diet coke just off camera. Mm. This mm. is this is smooth oh, cool. like butter. Smooth, it's silky.
0: Silky. Mm. You would love it. You'd love it. It's very peaty, very smoky. It's it's oh. it's nice. But uh that said, um I think, uh, well, what the hell were we talking about? I'm losing it because of the Laphroaig. We were talking about uh, what would it take to celebrate, uh, when you can celebrate, and or when the game has gone haywire enough to the point where you don't have to pay very close attention to what's happening. And I've got rules about that. I don't know if you ever set up those kinds of rules for yourself during games, not that you're covering. Obviously, if you're covering a game, neither one of us can engage at that point. But if you're just watching a game and you're rooting for a team, I guess I shouldn't ask you this question because you don't even watch the Braves if they're in a big game. <laughs> right. But, but I, I just say, when is it you allow yourself to partake? Because I have rules about that. When I watched the Bucks in the Super Bowl last year when they won the Super Bowl, Corey.
1: Right, I remember. They're,
0: yeah, and they're still reigning Super Bowl champions for um, one more week, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, still, six more days. Reigning, yeah. yeah, still reigning Super Bowl champions. When I sat down to watch the Bucks win the Super Bowl, of course I didn't know they were going to win the Super Bowl, but I. Certainly was filled with hope. I uh I did not drink in the first half. Didn't have a sip, not a okay. drop of alcohol. Too nervous.
1: Too nervous, I was or you were too, setting stand, you were setting the rule the rules of engagement.
0: I was too nervous, but I also wanted to really lock in and kind of get a feel for what was happening. I was assessing the offensive and defensive lines. I can tell you, midway through the second quarter, with the way the Bucks' offensive line was playing and the way the Kansas City's offensive line wasn't playing, I felt like. We might be able to pop a cold one here soon, boys. But I you never know.
1: Mahomes is a scary dude to co- to root against.
0: Yeah, he. Uh, there's never no doubt. Him. Yeah. There's no doubt, and that's and I'm always nervous. Somewhere in the neighborhood of three scores up, though, I started to think, okay, I'm going to enjoy a beverage.
1: Okay. Just Kansas one. City's
0: running, Yeah, Kansas City's running out of. They're running out of uh, possessions.
1: Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. I, I guess I would say if my team ever got up like 28 to three in a Super Bowl. I'd probably that's when I just start going crazy. I start ripping bongs and because you're not yeah. blowing that. If yeah. you're if there's about yeah. three minutes left in the it's third point, 28 court, to 3, it's over, Corey. Not enough possessions in an NFL game for you to blow a 25 yeah. point lead.
0: It's actually almost impossible.
1: You have to try to do it. You there have to try to I mean, do it.
0: There have to be some amazing uh poor decisions. There have to be like to, to not run the ball on every play. Sure, sure. To not to
1: yeah, just once you get down to the twenty five yard line, you have the best kicker in the league. Maybe just run the ball three times. Try to kick the field goal and win the game that way. That it put it, Go it by 11, game's over. But what, what are you going to do?
0: Let's do this really quickly. I have made a ton of money on this prize pick stuff. You can see it if you're watching this right now. Prize picks, use the code WARCHANT. They'll match your deposit 100%. Guys, you can win on prize picks. It's pretty easy, and you can mix and match. Last week I won, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I won $180 last week. Oh, no, just a little on the playoffs. If you you pick a player that, you know, so for I'll give you a good example. For whatever reason, they continue to undervalue the Rams passing game, uh, in particular, Odell. And they're treating Odell like he was the player in Cleveland, like he was this guy that isn't in shape. And they had his total yardage at 50. I'm like, shit, man, if, if the Rams are going to win, Odell's going to have more than 50 yards. So I took the over on Odell. And then I paired that, and this might surprise you, but did a little research here. I thought Jimmy G would go over 208 passing yards. Mm. And he did. He, he did. He he cruised past 208 passing yards to the tune of 230-plus yards, Corey. He was and, winging it.
1: He was winging. Yeah. It looked like Joe Montana out there.
0: Yeah, and so I put those two together, and I was able to, to marry that couple. I was able to, to, to win in that coupling. And then I had a side bet to a couple of other uh, players that, uh, whose totals stood out to me. It doesn't take much research, guys. You can get it done. Go check out our boys at Prize Picks. Good times. And they really incentivize the hell out of it. They're going to match you. They're going to do all kinds of good things. Use our code, promo code, WARCHANT.
1: And we don't have it up here because it just happened today. But I made a killing on the Pro Bowl this afternoon. Um, you know, Did I had you? the NFC. Uh, I don't even know who won, who won. Do we know?
0: I didn't know it was on. Yeah. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I saw, I, I, I legitimately I saw three
1: plays. One of them was a handoff to Dalvin cook where he literally tiptoed to the line of scrimmage and stood straight up. Two guys came in and grabbed him right in the chest and they blew the whistle. And I'm like, I don't need to watch this anymore. This is pretty remarkable. Um, which is fine. I get it. I don't, I, I really don't even understand why they had the game anymore because that's There
0: were no tackles, David. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, Corey, as we do say goodbye, you got to give these bills fans credit because they have supplanted you Atlanta fans now for the biggest crushing defeat of all time. He said, there's a guy up here. Hold on. A A cloud wrote coming from a bills fan. When my team scores to take the lead with 13 seconds left, that's what I celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. No way. Even the great Pat
1: Mahomes can't get down into field goal range in 13 seconds. Uh, that yeah, so that's good. a tough one. That's it. Yeah. To go along with the four straight Super Bowls and then the, oh. the 25 years of nothing. I, yeah, man, I, obviously I was rooting really hard for the Bills there. I was I was so mad at what they did there after, with the kids. I'm still kickoff. mad about
0: it. I'm still mad and, about it. I hate it. it for the them.
1: defense was just why would you be playing, giving up the seam? Getting out of bounds isn't a big deal because they have timeouts anyway. So why would you have a defense? There, there was just, no
0: good, there's no good reason, Corey. We can do this all day long, buddy. They're gonna be asking that question over and over and over again. And the thing is, they've got a good coach. They've got yeah. I, I, it's crazy.
1: Here's what the NFL has to do. They have to shrink the goal posts. They have to to squeeze them in or something. These field goals are too automatic. That guy, once you get past the 40, once you get to the 40 yard line, in the NFL, it's oh, he's gonna rip it 58 yards right down the middle. They all no, do man. it.
0: No, listen, don't don't try making new rules because the Bills F this up. We're not doing that. Well, they're going to do it with the
1: overtime. They're going to do it with the overtime rules for sure. They are going to do it with that. Might as well shrink the goalposts too. It's They're just too makeable. They're not even like – I wonder what the field goal percentage this year was for kicks over 50 yards. Probably 85 90%. I don't think yards.
0: it was 85%. It got to be
1: close. It had to be close. These it guys, be- like the, the Chiefs guy, uh, the dude for the Ravens, they're not missing. And oh, well, Tucker well, hasn't tough.
0: missed kicks for years. You can't use him. He's an outlier. He didn't miss anything ever. He's and the guy for the Bills, Like, he's
1: apparently going to be the best. I mean, he he's certainly a cocky kid from Florida. But it's like, if you get to the 40-yard line in an NFL game, all right, we got three points. Nope. I have it, to tell no you, point.
0: I will say this. If there's going to be an ultra-cocky member of your team, you want him at one of two positions, quarterback and kicker.
1: Man, absolutely. If that guy's saying, "We're hey, we're going to the Super Bowl Dude, he that's, runs out there, I got to give that
0: kid all the credit in the world to say, yeah. I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. I guess we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, okay, shit, this guy's not having it. It's I, a um, lot
1: like, uh, I, I remember I heard this story. Jerry Thomas running onto the field told Casey Weldon, we just won the national championship. <laughs> Great work. Great work. Great work, Heisman. We just won ourselves oh, a national I championship, it. and hey, it didn't listen, quite work out.
0: Good job, Matthew. Uh, Director Matthew, you always great. Thanks to all of you guys as well. Corey stayed extra long for you guys tonight. I got to get him out of here. He's chomping at the bit or whatever they say. Sure, and uh, uh,
1: Aslan will be, if you're listening to War Chant, Wake Up War Chant, which this is a this is serving as, Aslan will be back for the next show. You don't have to listen to Jeff anymore.
0: Salute to Aslan. He'll be back with Corey. Uh, in the interim, enjoy the greatness of Wake Up War Chant with me hosting. Mm. Uh, you guys, it's a special treat. I'll be listening tomorrow morning, right when I get up. All right, (laughs) be good, everybody. (laughs) Peace. Peace out.